Hey, welcome back to Bobblehead Podcast, uh, Davin Marceau. And on this final installment of our change management series, we talk about the ever important phase of refinement. And Tim and I jump into the difference between measuring and refining and the importance of knowing who you are as an organization and and having that true north and putting in the the ability to reflect as a company and as a leader to make sure that the changes you're making across your organization are impactful and that people understand the difference that it's making in their job. So super excited for you guys to join us and let's get started. Hello, Davin. Tim. Good morning, sir. Yeah, good morning to you too. How's life at the uh, ranch as of late? You know, it's, it's never a dull moment. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if you're going to talk about this or not, but this is good. So the, it was shoot Saturday. I woke up early and was, was doing chores around, around the ranch and, uh, decided to take me a, a little cat nap, which is something I don't get to do a whole you're lot. Not a, you're right? not a big napper. I'm not a big napper, but you know, we had baseball games, uh, late Saturday night, uh, like six 30 and eight o'clock. So we're like, you know, we got a little bit of time during the day. I'm going to, I'm going to close my eyes, take a little cat nap. And so. I'd been asleep for an undetermined amount of time and I hear Davin and, and crew wakes me up and he's like, Hey, you, you, you got to come here. Like, but he's got this like kind of smile smirk on his face. And I'm like, what boy, what do you want? What, what, what are you about? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm clearly napping here. Leave me alone. He goes, my mom fell through the ceiling. And I'm like, wait, what, what? No, you're, but you're laughing about this. Like you're clearly joking. He's like, no, like you got to come look at this. And I didn't believe him at first. And finally I get up. And I walk out into the living room and then there's a, a hallway off the living room <laughs> and I look up and I see Lisa's legs taken through the ceiling. <laughs> and, it's funny, not funny. And I go, what did you do? But she yeah. can't hear me. And then about right. the time my, my phone rings and it's her and she's, she's in a lot of pain. She's yeah. like, I fell to the ceiling. I'm like, yeah, I, I see that. Yeah. So I put my shoes on and go up in the attic and, and get her out. And basically there was a cutout in the floor, like where the previous owners had looked like they put some recessed lighting in and she was decorating for Christmas and just like what, just full weight foot through. And what stopped her was her right quad and her left knee hitting the floor joist. Oh, and those don't move very well. Oh, and I'll tell you what, she's tough as nails because she's sporting a bruise unlike anything I've ever seen in my life. I mean, she like properly, hit that floor joist and, and luckily she hit it because or else she would have fallen, fallen right through you know, it been really bad 15 then. feet and you know right. we, we would have taken a trip to the hospital yeah but as as it happens there's a perfectly circular um hole through the ceiling <laughs> of the hallway for some reason christmas <laughs> vacation keeps coming to my mind when he goes when he's up the top you know and he's all bundled up and and he falls through the ceiling it's cold up there and he falls through the ceiling and mm-hmm. his legs go through and he's just now he puts his hand down there to kind of warm his hands. I can kind of see that, except it's more painful. You know, and it's pretty profound that you mentioned um, you know, Christmas because the blown insulation is white. And I wake up every morning and there's new blown-in <laughs> insulation on the floor. Maybe the only snow you get this year, right? <laughs> oh, man. And so, you know, at some point in time this week, early this week, I get to get a ladder and uh, and, and patch some drywall in the, in the ceiling. And if you've never done that before, man, it's a fun time. Yeah, I'm, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where I call the one eight hundred numbers when that things like that happen at my house. So there's there's the <laughs> the somewhat abridged story about um, the continuing saga of the Marceau Ranch. Never a dull moment. Never a dull moment. And just when things are going just really well, look out. Look out. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we'll we'll hold the crappy story for another day. 
<laughs> that's that's another day, another podcast. Yeah, we can talk about that. But absolutely. Yeah, there's every day you come to work, you've got some interesting story, which makes it interesting for me, but probably not so much for you always. And as as you said yesterday, what do I say to that? Yeah. Well. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well. Well, you know. How was your weekend? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. Well, you know. So with that being said, let's let's talk about um, probably the I guess the last topic in uh, our change management series, um, and that is refinement. So let's talk about a little bit of refinement of what refinement is and what it's not. I know we talked earlier and I think it was the first series for podcast about um, really in, in, in change and, and uh, dealing with measuring, but what's the difference in measuring and refinement and, and how are some ways that we deal with refinement here at access? Yeah. And, and it was, um, we talked about it, it, it. I think it was the third step in execution of, right. of change management. So it was right. the second, the second one in the series, right? Yeah. And we, we measure everything around here and, and we're, we're getting better and it's a, it's this constant evolution of, of measuring change. Right. And we put metrics in place. We put KPIs in place to make sure that what we think is working is working. We can either confirm or deny that and stuff like that's really important because it has a direct bottom line impact. Right. right. Um, you know, customer churn, for example, is, you know, the change that we made to how we manage the current customers has it reduced our customer churn. Right. right. And a reduction, we know 1% of that has about, six figure implications to the bottom line. So boom, that stuff is really important. Um, but that's not really what we're talking about in terms of refinement. Um, we're talking about the broad, almost cultural based macro impacts that changes have across an organization. Because, in, and we've seen this, and I know we'll get to this here in a minute, is that you know some of those changes that you make have a seemingly positive change to company performance. Right. If you were to just go and look at a, at a, at the PL, you'd say this change had a positive impact because we put more money in the bank account this month, but there's also the cultural implications of things. And we've seen that a lot. And, and you have to make sure that you are constantly refining your plan to account for how your changes and how you've managed your changes have an impact on your people and overall like broad scale operations. Right. Right. Which is not always super quantifiable. Mm -mm. Right. Um, like you said, it's, you know, seeing, seeing a change and seeing the change on the, on the PL is pretty straightforward. Um, but seeing the dynamics of the group based on that change management is not always easily seen or, um, the change doesn't happen as quickly as sometimes as we'd like it to be. So the, the cultural, I think that's a good word is, is the cultural side of this is, is super important, but it's also, uh, it's also a way to understand as dynamics of the whole company, this part, this one group, what is it? What are the dynamics of that group and how is this going to change their culture? So changing a process or changing how we do things doesn't just change what they do every day, but it changed their psyche of how do they feel about this? Do they feel like it's worthwhile? Do they feel like um, it's a positive change? Do they feel like they're better because of it? And that's, you know, they go come back to that, that refinement is, that refinement can really make a difference in, is this going to be a winning change or is this going to be a losing change? Yeah, and, and I think almost the difference between measuring and refining is measuring is done, I think, over a relatively short period of time. Right. Is you can quantify change right. pretty quick, right? Let's say six months to a year, you can say, is this change in the way we support our customers reducing customer churn? Yes or no, boom. And it right. generally will have a relatively quick impact. But ref the refinement of it, sometimes that's that's the gift that keeps on giving. That's that long-term pain. Right. 
that comes from bringing in a bad leader, right? A, a toxic leader that makes changes that again are seemingly positive, but then over two or three years, you've noticed an erosion of who you are as a company. And that will inevitably extend downstream to how you support your customers and right. who your customers end up being, right? right? So do you have any examples of what maybe in the past we've done without going through the refinement process of just going out and making a change and training on that change and just letting it set? Mm. You know, I'll, I'll go to the leadership side of things. You know, we, we made a, you know, a regrettable hire um, at the executive level a couple of years ago. And we let this person, you know, kind of make some wholesale changes based on my failure as a leader to do my diligence to make sure that those were positive changes, you know, right. kind of give like almost carte blanche ability to make changes across, across this specific department, across the services department. And, you know, due to some reduction in overhead, it looked good. Right. 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 And then about a year in, shoot, it was about uh, almost a year in, right. Is about, when yeah. we, we noticed a whole lot of customer issues come bubbling to the surface and we noticed some really solid people that were leaving on their own, on their own accord. And it really made us circle back and take a look at things. Right. And what we saw was, I would say literally an unmitigated disaster. Right. A cultural disaster, a cultural disaster, but also a disaster in terms of what, you know, some of the stuff that we're seeing across our customer base that we were doing things that wasn't representative of who we are. Right. Yeah. Right? Which, which the first year it looked great. It did. I mean, from a measuring standpoint, mm -hmm. it looked great. But the cultural side, we didn't know at the time, but it, it came, became very clear very quickly. It really did. It, bub and it bubbled up. It literally like boiled to the top and, and we didn't realize it until it was already boiling at the top. Yeah. And it was like, you took the lid off and it was just this like festering. I mean, yeah. it was, it was bad. It was right. Bad. And, and, and for me, I'm like, you know, you go back to, you know, taking responsibility as a leader, you know, that's, that was my fault. Right. Because I allowed changes to have to, to happen that didn't fall in line with how we managed change and how we drove change across an organization. It was, we, we did it kind of blindly right. and, and it stung us and, and it, it resulted in a lot of hat in hand conversations right. with customers, with yeah. employees, yeah. with former employees that, right. you know, luckily we were able to get some of the good ones back of just coming to them and being like, Hey, we did some things that weren't representative of who we are. And you knew that, you know, first of all, my apologies. And second of all, how do we get this thing fixed? Right. And luckily, you know, it didn't cause wide scale damage, but it was, it was rough times, man. Yeah. We, we, we definitely had to pause, <laughs> you know, and, and when things like that happen, you literally have to pause, stop and say, okay, what is the most important thing right now? Mm -hmm. And that is no more change until we resolve culturally, who are we and where, where are we at? Yeah. Um, and getting and, and, and asking the group to do that with you is humbling. And you did a great job by the way of going saying, you know what? It's my fault. It's I'm, I'm, it comes to me. So this isn't your fault. This is my fault. And help me come up with now that here's where, here's where we are. Now you guys are in this more than I am. Help me come up with a plan. Right. Help me come up with how do we get this thing back? How do we get ourselves back? And which goes back to the previous podcast we just recorded a little bit ago was on that communication side of, you know, how to do that. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. It's really good about communicating with the people you know, and, and getting them to help you with agreeing to here's what the issue is and coming up with some changes that need to be made um, and being able to communicate that in the right way. So it's a pull rather than a push. Yeah, absolutely. And, and frankly, that 
that failure, which is good. You know, failure can be a, sure. a really good thing. And, Absolutely. And and that's the way that we chose to view it was a, we failed forward on it because we learned to put in this step of refinement, right? Of, of checking our premise that this is in fact a positive change. Right. And so, you know, we've really gotten good about doing executive team meetings, quarterly executive team meetings, where it's an open for, forum to provide feedback. But we also do additional steps like we have a matrix where we evaluate our people relative to the change to see how they're doing. Because we, what we do is we're able to look at this. It's almost like a, a cluster chart of data. And we're like, okay, so we did this broad scale change. How's everybody doing? And if people are underperforming com- compared to where they were, that lets us know that, that there's something. We Something's don't, we don't, amiss. It's, it's yeah. not, we have good people and we know that. So if, if they're underperforming, where are we messing up as leaders? Where are we messing up as a company? Where are we messing up in our system, in our change management process to make sure that things are going well? And if we identify that it's bad, how do we roll it back? Or how do we change it to make sure that that what is at least ostensibly negative turns into a positive? Right. And I got to tell you, it, it's really easy to get off track. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got, you know, there's business. Listen, I'm not telling you guys anything you don't know. It, business is complex. And every day when you think you've got everything figured out, something else hits you, you know, and it, it kind of goes back to sports. And that's every once in a while, you have to go back to the basics. And, and sometimes um, it, you don't recognize that you need to do that until something happens or multiple things happen. Just like in your example of, you know, a year had gone by and it kind of boiled to the top and it became very clear at that point in time that something's got to happen. And, you know, you, you come up with how do you, you know, the first thing you do is how do we fix it? And, and sometimes you start scraping the top off and it just gets deeper and deeper, but it's a painful process. But until you really go out there and scrape all of that bad stuff out, um, you know, and get to the bottom of it, you really don't know where to start. Uh, but uh, typically it comes back to going back to basics of business, basics of people. And, and that, you know, it's what we're talking about in this series. And it's like, it's, it's learning how to handle change management. How does change affect people? Cause you're about to go through a change and they're about to go through a change. And how do we manage that? Yeah. It, it really good point about the incremental change, right. And, and making sure that you're not making too big of broad scale sweeping changes across your organization. And and going back to our example, Tim, I think we were kind of in the process of trying to redefine who we were right. as a company, yeah. right? And in the way that we that we approached business customers, et cetera. And so we were kind of in the middle of this this transition process. And so we didn't really have we had the true north, but it was changing. Right. You know, there, there was it was it was altering. And then we brought in something and made a wholesale change that we weren't then able to gauge on based off of our true north that we really strongly have now. And so that's why, you know, it, it, it speaks to the importance of needing to thoroughly identify who you are. You and I, we love that Matthew McConaughey book, Green right, Lights, right? right? And, you know, the, the concept of you you have a bucket of things and and throughout your life, you know, you, you take things out of that barrel. Of what you don't want to be. Of what you right? don't want to be. And at, at the end, you're left with a handful of things and that's who you are, right? Right. That's, that's who you are. That's what you are. And and we've gotten to the point now where as an organization, we have that down pat, right? but not everybody's there. Yeah. And so, you know, make sure that you can clearly, truly define who you are as an organization and who you are as a leader before you go making broad scale changes, because otherwise you're not going to have a true North to reference. Right. Right. And, and as easy it is to say, it's really hard to do that. Oh man. But, and, and you're, you know, I truly believe as, as people, as professionals, as organizations were defined 
as a person, as an organization, as people, according to the decisions we make, mm. right? And, you know, I, I, I go back to the Ben Bergeron. We talk about this a lot. And in the company, um, an organization, you know, it's, we, this is a word we use, and that's good. So when things happen and we go through that, you know, the example you just gave of that, that year of things not, you know, a year goes by and we look, look up and we're in trouble, right? We've got some major issues. Um, you know, there's a couple ways to look at that. And one of the ways we choose to look at it is, wow, we've got a mess. Good. Good. Um, we now have the opportunity. Now that we know we have a mess, we have the opportunity to fix it. And how do we want to do that? And, and I love what you said. And it's, it's, it's figuring it's the first thing you have to do is stop and go, who are we? And is where we're headed? Is this our true North? Is this who we are? Um, which is another podcast another day. I think we've talked about it a little bit in the past, but you know, that's, we won't talk about it too much today, but figuring out who you are is really tough. But um, that changes and understanding your true North and understanding what your organization and you personally, who you are and what you are. And you just gave the McConaughey example of that is, is really difficult sometimes. And it takes time as an, throughout the life cycle of your organization to figure out what that is. But, but once you do that, when you have those situations happen, it allows you to go back to that or remember what that is. It's almost like, you know, a good little marriage counseling is really good for everybody at some point in time. Um, just to go back to what are the basics? Are we communicating right? But a lot of times it doesn't happen until things aren't re-arguing, things aren't going good. You're not talking to each other for weeks to stop and go, man, we got a problem. Let's go back to our true north and go back to basics. And, you know, that's what I love about, you know, the refinement part of this is really looking at how do we go about doing this in the right way? After we communicate what the situation is, how do we go back and deal with refinement? Yeah, I love that. And there's an analogy that, that I use, and I think it's, maybe it's out of good to great, or maybe I'm just slap making it up out of my own brain, but you know, it's the difference between you, you have, you have two guys and they're, they're racing each other across the country. And the first guy takes off that first day, he's super motivated and he runs 30 miles. But then he gets to that, that the end of that 30 mile point and his feet are just chewed up and his muscles are, are atrophied and he's dehydrated. And so he has to spend two days resting. He can't, he doesn't have the ability to make incremental progress because he's just, he's too beat up. And so he goes through the cycle of, of, of big gains and little gains and, and sometimes nothing at all. And the other person sets out to walk 12 miles a day, every day. He stops, he reflects, he rests, he rehydrates. The next day, whether it's tough, whether it's easy, whether somewhere in between, he walks 12 miles. And the person that's going to finish quicker is going to be the one that builds in those rest points, that builds in those reflection points, because it gives him the ability to, at the end of that day, to look back and say, I walked 12 miles today. Yeah. How'd it feel? Right. how to go, what went well, what didn't go well. And it's a whole gap and gain theory, right? right? Exactly. If, if you don't, if you don't have your true North and if you don't understand what you look like at the start point, you have nothing to reflect against. Right. You're walking towards the horizon. Yep. Right. And again, the good thing about those inflection points, it gives you the ability to objectively analyze how you're doing. And it gives you the ability to reflect and make those incremental changes that are going to ultimately make you better. You can't be efficient if you don't do that. Right. You literally, no matter what you do, whether it's sports or the example you gave, you know, we, we look back every 90 days as individuals, as professionals, and as companies, say, well, what, what positive happened? What took place? What are the good things? What are the bad things? And, and it's important to know you learn from both. We learned that these are some very positive things. Why? You know, we walked 12 miles today. You know, we feel good. Should I go 14 or is this right? Um, what's my pace like? Do I, am I as tired as I was yesterday? Constantly refining 
and becoming more efficient and getting better at what you do um, is what allows you to scale. It's what allows you to be efficient, how it allows you to do more with less. And, you know, that we've learned over the last year, you look at the, our headcount, what it was and what it is now, and we're doing more with less, but yet the people we're doing it with now are so much more efficient and good at what they do that they're happier and they're more productive. And we as a company are better because of that. And a lot of that came back to expectations and training. Absolutely. And, you know, is, is a good wrap up to this. Like we, we were able to do that because we, now we, we have a true North. We know who we are as a company. And I think more, even more importantly, we know who we're not. Right. We know who we don't want to be through trial and error. Right. We also know, you know, where we're trying to get to, but we know where we started. Exactly. Yeah. And, <laughs> even and, more importantly, important. we know where we started. And it also gives you confidence. You know, it's important to know every 90 days or at least every year to look back and, and it gives you confidence to say, wow, look at what we've done this year. Mm -hmm. And it's not a bragging thing. It's not an ego thing, but every once in a while you have to stop and we try to do it every 90 days and go, okay, what have we learned? Or we're better. Why? How? And, and it, it, not only it, it, does it give you confidence, but it helps you refine things to let's be sure and continue on that. Let's keep doing that. Right. Yep. We're seeing positive results from this. Let's keep doing that until it doesn't work anymore. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what you're talking about is we celebrate the gain. Yeah, exactly. Talk about gap and gain is, is yeah. we, we as leaders will always be worried about the gap. Right. Like we're always trying to get to something better, but you don't get, you don't get there by just walk, by just blindly moving forward. Right. You get there by turning around every quarter, celebrating your, your gain, celebrating what it is that you've, that you've, earned and what, what you've won and also what you've lost right? and what hasn't went wrong. And that by essence is exactly what we're talking about with the refinement. Yeah, exactly. Building confidence, um, building efficiency. And, uh, it also, it, it, it builds credibility too in your mm -hmm. organization. Um, which I think is also very important. Yep. Another, another cultural thing. Yeah. That trust factor. I'm sure we'll talk about that at some other point. Yeah, for sure. Hey, this was good. Yeah. I like it. I do too. Refinement's important. And, uh, I, I got to tell you, it's, you, you do a great job with that. As you know, those of you that are good at follow-up, refinement's a, a really good skill <laughs> for those that are able to do that because it's super important to be, be consistent. But uh, hey, good conversation. Thanks for your uh, thanks for your input and feedback. And uh, always good, man. It's good to be with you. Yeah, and you know what? You know what I'm not good at. <laughs> Here we go. Ceiling drywall. <laughs> <laughs> all I, all I, I'll ask is for a before and after picture. Yeah, but I'm going to refine my skills. Yeah, you, you didn't get a picture of her with her legs through there, did you? No, sadly. You know, I was trying to be trying to be a good guy. In, in the moment, it's like, this is a really bad idea, but you look back and go, man, that would have been really funny. And I'm looking forward to going home and seeing how much snow is on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> good luck with all of Oh, man. man. All right, Tim, I appreciate it, buddy. Good talk. Till next time. All right, talk soon.